0: whole lot of announcements because we can't make any yet other I'd like to announce this though that uh, everybody is being prayed for I'd like to announce that uh, we love you and we miss you badly and we're praying that God would uh, really do a great work and get our country back uh, back going like crazy and so to make uh, make time go fast uh, we are doing all kinds of work around the church and just want to thank God for the opportunity Boy, oh boy. All right. So let's do this. Let's take our Bibles tonight. And if you would, please turn with me in the word of God tonight to James chapter number two. We're going to discuss tonight by way of uh, this message about how that uh, the devils believe, uh, but they tremble. And uh, I think that that the devils um, in, in in this world, if they... If they could be seen by you and I, if we could get a little picture of what they're doing, which I don't want to know uh, firsthand, but if you get a picture in the Bible about what what they're up to, it's uh, it's horrible, but they're trembling at the name of Jesus, and they tremble at the prayers of believers. So you and I have we we have no reality about seeing the unseen world but i want to tell you tonight that you and i have a great power with the lord in prayer and in the word of god and uh, we can make devils tremble my problem is tonight that i don't know if many christians tremble anymore we know that satan trembles and we know that the devils tremble They do believe, uh, but they don't believe to the saving of their souls. They can't be saved. And so uh, there's a contrast between Christianity and uh, good, strong Bible believers. There's a contrast between the world and uh, religion as a whole. I'm wondering tonight if, if you take the Bible and we together, you having devotions or whatnot, I wonder if we tremble at his word anymore. And I hope tonight that you and I would not become like the Jews in in the Old Testament, um, taking for granted uh, that God was doing great things among them. While they were in the wilderness for 40 years, I'm sure that they got tired of the cloud by day and the fire by night, the pillar of fire to lead them and comfort them and direct them. Uh, And I think that's the way some of us get when we look at the Bible— Try to stay fresh and try to stay um, re- renewed in the spirit of your mind and keep your hope alive. Keep, keep washing your soul in the word uh, and try to stay fresh. Try to stay real. Try to stay new uh, and, and, and try your best to know that there's times when Christians need to tremble at the word of God. I, I don't know many Christians ever tremble anymore. It seems like we've been just inundated with so many different kinds of stimulus, uh, shocking things and terrible things in the news and uh, just so many different types of uh, media bombarding us that when we read the Bible, sometimes we think, oh, yeah, that's just the Bible. But lately, um, I've been experiencing some great times uh, and almost trembling at some of the things in the bible i think it's important that we stay fresh and i hope today that if you've found yourself kind of getting dull um, and and maybe a routinely uh, hearing and and reading the bible as if it was some kind of a newspaper i want to caution you as a christian today and uh, that caution will go out and that exhortation will go out to all of us when you pick up the bible Try to put everything out of your mind and try your best to tremble at the Word of God. And so let's, let's talk about that. Uh, James chapter 2, and we'll start there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's ask the Lord's blessings upon this message. Our Heavenly Father, we can't preach without you. We can't live our Christian lives without you. We need thy Holy Spirit. Give us a fresh anointing tonight of thy Holy Spirit power. And help us to be cleansed and help us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds that one day our hearts, Lord, would also once again tremble at thy precious word. And we pray tonight that you'll bring back the newness and the joy of being saved and the simplicity of the gospel. We pray that you'd use us to reach people for Christ and help it not to be just lip service, but help us to truly seek out and, and, and ask people, Lord, uh, even during this, this virus where everybody has to have a great big six-foot differ. I can preach louder uh, so that the word would get six feet away from me, I'm sure. And, Lord, uh, uh, help us to lift up our voice and cry aloud and spare not and help us to do a great job of being a Christian in these days and help our light to shine. But I pray we'd uh, tremble at thy word, Lord, today and help us to get back into the trembling of your word. Help us to have our hearts soften and rejoice. And, and once again, try, uh, Lord, we pray that you'll help us to try to remember how the word of God first touched our hearts and help us to get back to that, that sweetness that we once trembled in your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, James chapter number two, if you'll turn there with me. The Bible says in verse 17 through 19, uh, we'll look at it briefly this, this evening, James 2, 17 through 19. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and i will show thee my faith by my works thou believest that there is one god that's that's primary that's that's paramount in our lives thou doest well so if you believe that there's only one god you do well but you can't go to heaven just believing that there's a god uh of course Christians are already on your way to heaven. Don't get me wrong, once saved always saved. But for the world they could acknowledge that there's a god mentally. They could give mental assent to the fact, oh yeah, there's a god. They use his name in vain all the time. They don't say Buddha, they don't say Krishna. They they never use any of the other ones. They don't they don't curse Allah's name, of course he's not a god, of course but None of these other false gods are, are named when people get really mad and they curse. They don't curse by those names. They always use the Lord's name in vain. So just because a person believes that there's a God, well, that's, that's, that's not enough to get them to heaven. For you and I, we believe that there is a God and you do well. But look at this. Look at the, na- the last phrase of verse 19. The devils also believe and tremble. There's not a devil in this world or in the underworld. There's not a, there's not a fallen angel that's ever not believed in God. They all believe in God. So I want, I want you to know that they tremble, though. They, they believe in God and they tremble. They're trembling because they know that it's true that one day <clears throat> they will all be cast in the lake of fire and there will be no more sin. There will be no more darkness, no more sorrow, no more tears. There'll be no pain, no death. There'll be no heat. Uh, there'll be no more sunshine. Uh, the light of the Lord Jesus will light up the whole city. And there will be no temple. The, the Lord's going to be there. They, they know what their end is. The, the Bible says that uh, the devil... Actually, is, is, he, he is desperate. He knows his end. And he has a seat of power in the world today. But isn't it amazing that they all tremble? And I thought, tonight, why don't we ask ourselves, what does it take for you and I to tremble at, at, the, war, at the Lord's word, the word of God? What does it take for me to sit and tremble? Maybe tremble in a little fear that's good. Maybe tremble in a little respect, maybe tremble at a, at a new truth that I saw in the Bible. You know it, it takes more than an intellectual assent for a person to be saved. You have to believe in Jesus, and that ought, ought to cause us a little trembling. Look at with me in the, in the book of First Timothy chapter number two. First Timothy 2. in in this book to Timothy, the Apostle Paul, He says, very plainly, that you have to receive Christ as your Savior. And there's only one mediator. Uh, Let's look at, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, look look at verse 1. Paul says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, And we should be praying for our government now. We should be praying for the the president and his staff and all the secretaries and all the people in authority. You should spend time praying for them. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For, look at this now, folks. This is so important. There is one God, one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So even the Apostle Paul made it very clear. You can believe in God, and that's not a bad thing, but if you just believe in God, you're missing out on the whole idea and the whole concept of Jesus Christ because there's one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Without a mediator, your belief in God doesn't do you any good. And so I'm saying, I'm speaking to the unsaved world at, it, with that comment. A person that just believes that there's a God, he's going to miss heaven if he doesn't come to the mediator and come to the Savior and ask for forgiveness and come and believe and trust on the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know in John 14 let's turn there, turn there please John 14 in the 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 last part of or the first part of this chapter the Lord Jesus is is encouraging people he's encouraging his his own disciples and he said let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. That's wonderful. But he said, look at, the, look at the next phrase in verse number one. Believe also in me or even so in like manner. In, it, in actuality, Jesus is God equal to the Father. And you, you can't just say, uh, well, I have my own special relationship with God friend if you'd have a, a a sideline relationship with god that doesn't include the lord jesus you have you have only you you have only a mental assent to what god god is he's god okay great but but that's not what jesus said he said you believe in god believe also in me jesus is the only savior of the world and then he told them in verses 2 through 3 he's going to go prepare place for For all of us. Now, uh, he spoke to those believers. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. And so he's not talking to the unsaved world. He's talking to you and I. And we need to tremble at that. We need to tremble at the fact that one day we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus and give an account of everything we've done in our body, whether it be good or bad. We're going to answer for everything. The Bible says we're going to have to give an account. Now, you say... I don't know how to remember everything. Ah, thank God he's going to help us remember. He has the Holy Spirit going to bring things to our remembrance. He's going to bring good things that we've done. And he's going to bring uh, failures to our account. And we're going to have to give an account. And God's going to judge. Thank the Lord that he's the only one going to judge us. And when he judges us, it'll be perfect and fair and wonderful and righteous and the judgments of the lord are righteous altogether he'll make no mistake he'll leave no stone unturned and we ought to tremble at that you know a lot of people they make big jokes about jesus they they uh, they they mock him and they they utterly despise him in high circles in places uh our entertainment world they don't like jesus whatsoever our our finance community uh The big bankers and the rich men, they don't even know the Lord. There's so few people that are wealthy and rich, that Jesus said, that are going to end up in heaven. How hardly shall a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven? What a sad commentary. Uh, They don't have that trembling. They don't have that fear. But you know, you and I, we don't have to uh, go through our life without trembling a little bit. You know, we ought to tremble. It's a good thing. Now, Uh, Let's look at Philippians, if you will. Philippians chapter number two for just a minute. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. And Paul wrote this from jail. He was very, very wonderfully happy and joyful at the the Lord's will for his life. I don't think he enjoyed jail, though, but he enjoyed the presence of God. Now, in that jail, in the Philippian jail, look at it, it says in chapter number two, verse 5 and 6 let's go there he says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of god thought it not robbery here it is to be equal with god you see he's in the form of god but he's equal with god what a what a tremendous verse he didn't think it was robbery now, there is one God, but there's one Savior, one Mediator between God and men. That's Jesus. So many people have totally uh, forsaken the trembling that they ought to have. They, they they may have learned about Jesus when they were young, but you know what? It's not how you start; it's how you finish. And what's really important for you and I today is that we tremble at the Word of God. We tremble at the presence of the Lord. We tremble at the Bible. We should tremble at church. We should have a high respect for church. We ought to have a tremendous respect for pastors. We ought to have a tremendous respect for elderly people in the church, deacons and and, and ladies and teachers and evangelists uh, and and missionaries. We ought to have a tremendous trembling that we are are surrounded many times in our lives by people that are are so incredibly godly people and we don't respect them anymore. We don't respect pastors. We don't respect godly people. The police aren't even uh, respected anymore. Our government's not respected. You know, it used to be when, I'll tell tell you how how you can gauge this. Uh, You gauge it by this. I'll I'll tell you how you should tremble. Yesterday, my wife and I were on on the big road right in front of our church. I had just put the sticker on my license plate. I put the registration in the glove box. I was going well under the speed limit because whenever I talk, if I'm talking to my wife, my gas pedal goes way up and, and, and they say, Dad, come on, get going. And while I'm talking and having a conversation, I, I frustrate people. So I know I wasn't speeding because I was talking a lot. Then a sheriff in his car, Uh, was right behind me, so I checked the speedometer, okay, everything there, I thought, okay, put the sticker on the license plate, got the registration in there, insurance is all up to date, and I got my seatbelt on, and I thought, uh uh-oh, I'm not wearing a mask, oh, no, but I don't have to, okay, so anyway, I know it wasn't that, and uh, my wife and I were joking, all of a sudden, he turned his lights on, and I thought, what did I do? I told my wife, I think he's pulling us over. And um, I felt like saying, hurry, quick, you drive. <laughs> no. But anyway, I, um, I got over to the right of the, the side of the road, and he went right by me. I said, oh, praise God. But you know what? I was trembling. I was trembling. Even though I was innocent, I, I think that's a good thing. I had a teacher in the seventh grade. Right around the uh, Vietnam era, when I was in junior high school, he was this real long-haired guy, and he was slow-moving, you know, and wearing sandals, not, not that sandals are anything wrong, but he was, he, was, he was pulling his hair back like this, like that, and he was our seventh-grade math teacher, and he said, hey, everybody, let me tell you how we're going to run the class here. What we can do now is we can just discuss current issues if you want to, but if you don't raise your hand, we're going to have to go back to math. And I thought, wow, I thought this was a math class. You know what? They had a terrible respect. They had no fear of police, no fear of, of, of respectability, and a, a first-class first example of a lack of fear. And I thought, boy, this guy, he, he's not really wanting to teach math. You know what he said to us? He said this. True story. He said, I think it's terrible when, when there's a police officer on the side of the road and the first reaction that I have is that I take my foot off the gas pedal. He said, that's just not right. And I tell you, that's a good fear to have. If you see a police officer, you better. You, first reaction you ought to have is, whoop, okay, how fast am I going? Might save you a ticket, right? But uh, that's a healthy fear. We don't have that fear anymore. We don't fear people. We don't fear. We don't. We don't have that respect. We don't tremble. Boy, I'll tell you what, don't lose that ability to tremble and think, oh, boy, this is important. This is important. Why is it that mankind will not fear God? Why is it that he has no trembling? Oh, he'll tremble at other things, but it's because of unbelief, it's because of pride, it's because of peer pressure, and it's just because there's uh, no reason for them to tremble. They haven't seen anything. And I think sometimes God must just be so upset with everybody. You know, it's not his will that any should perish He wants everybody to come to repentance. He wants everybody to be saved. But unfortunately, if you read the book of Revelation, there's going to be some trembling. There's going to be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And people's hearts are going to fail them. Some people are just going to cry out in agonizing fear. And they're going to tremble. There's so many earthquakes in the Bible in the end of the the, the book of Revelation The seals are poured out And judgment comes You know I'm glad way back In 1974 I received Christ as my Savior 74, 75 right in there And I remember trembling As I asked Jesus to come into my heart I'm, this the, It's all sealed up now I'm saved How about you? Are you saved? I don't want to lose the ability to tremble though I want God to touch my heart. You remember Paul on the road to Damascus? You remember he he uh, was in full of his pride and hatred toward Christians. You know what the Lord did to him? Humbled him, and he trembled, and he said, "Lord, is that you? Is it? Is it? What would Thou have me to do?" And he trembled. The Bible says in Acts. Chapter nine, verse six. At his salvation, he trembled. Then you have the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter sixteen. He was an unsaved man. You know what he did? He he heard the uh, the sound of all the bars opening up in the gates to all the cells in his prison house. The bars just clanked open, and and all the prisoners could leave. And he was so so scared that he would lose his life. He came in to Paul and and he and he got on his knees, he came in trembling, and he asked Paul, what must, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And that man was trembling. And boy, I think we would do well if maybe you and I trembled a little bit. You know what the Bible says in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12? Let's go there. Look at verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, But now much more in my absence. Look at this, folks. This is a beautiful verse. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Oh, we have completely lost the fear and trembling, the good kind, the good respect that we have for God, the good respect we should have for police officers and and those in authority over us, good respect for elderly, good, uh, honest, trembling and respect, uh, for, for people in authority over us, and pastors and deacons and, and mom and dad. Uh, oh, my goodness, isn't that needed in our country today? People that would just respect their own dad or their own mother. My, my soul, it's just so rampant in our nation. I remember the governor, Governor Felix Uh, He was going to come in and listen to the Apostle Paul while Paul was uh, in uh, uh, Caesarea Philippi. Uh, At the end of the book of Acts, he was arrested and he was brought. And uh, Felix, the governor of Judea, he came in and said, I'll hear this fella. When he got done hearing Paul preach, you know what he did? He trembled. The Bible says he trembled in Acts chapter 24, verse 24 and 25. Here's an unsaved governor of Judea. And he trembled when he heard the preacher. Boy, I wish, I wish everybody would, would, would tremble at the word of God. The, uh, the great pastor and evangelist, Jonathan Edwards, way back in the 1700s, he, uh, he preached from an old pulpit. He had a candle on the pulpit. And, and somebody had the courage to write down the whole message. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. And uh, that broke out a revival in, in the Northeast. And, you know, he, he read the sermon by candlelight. And it was so powerful that people began to tremble. And they began to hold on to the pews and, and wail and cry out to God. With the a picture of people just barely ready to fall into hell... I don't. I don't think that was theatrics. I don't think it was a showboat message. I don't think it was uh, fake. I think it was real. I think it was the Holy Spirit, and I think those people, they really believed. They trembled at the word of God. Sometimes I need to check my heart and wonder, could I tremble again? You know, Belshazzar, as Daniel began to read the writing on the wall. Belshazzar in in Daniel chapter number 5, his knees began to knock together and smack each other. And boy, uh, he he was trembling when he found out what God was saying. And uh, he was never the same. He died shortly thereafter. I got a story that was a real true story. And it's just indicative of how you and I ought to be when we read the Bible. I'm going to close with this. There was a great preacher in the South called Dr. R.G. Lee. I've read many of his biographies. I have tapes of him preaching. I have several of his books. He was a great man. Uh, He was a wonderful, wonderful man of God. He lived to be in his 90s. He helped his dad save the farm in South Carolina by going to uh, uh, make money for his own college tuition. He went down to the Panama Canal he got malaria for a little while. He was sick, and he gathered up all the money he could get. He went back to South Carolina after months and months working on the, on, on the uh, Panama Canal. And when he got back home, his dad's farm was just about to go under. He was going to lose the farm. R.G. Lee took all that money that he had made for his own college and gave it to his dad to save the family farm. And then he went out and he plowed. And he prayed, he got saved, and he plowed and plowed and plowed. He went to church, he got saved. You know, he, he trembled. But you wouldn't believe what, what God did with him was so miraculous, he turned him into the greatest man of God, the greatest preacher, uh, just a tremendous pastor. He pastored Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. He went around the whole country. He went all over the world preaching and evangelism, lived to be over 90 years old. I think it's because he trembled at his father's knees. He trembled at the Lord. He he had a heart that would tremble. But in one of his messages, as he had a little girl, she was uh, old enough to read the Bible, and she was in her bedroom one day, and R.G. Lee came home from work, and one day, while she was reading the Bible, she was in her room by herself, and he was walking by the door of her bedroom and he heard her gasp in horror. As he, as he uh, relayed this story, he heard his little girl say, Oh! Oh no! Oh! They're going to kill him! They're going to kill him! She was trembling at the word of God as she read the part where they were going to kill Jesus. And she was crying out in, in agony, like, oh, they're going to kill him. Boy, you know, I, I don't read the Bible like that anymore. I'm kind of ashamed I don't read the Bible like that. I think we need to get back to trembling. This isn't just for you. This is for me, too. Tonight... The next time you read the Bible, turn everything off. Get get somewhere private and and tremble at the Word again. Once more, tremble again at this precious Word of God. Tonight, I hope that this message would touch your heart. The devils believe and they tremble. Why can't I tremble? I'm better than a devil. I have eternal life. I've been saved. <clears throat> I have the Lord Jesus as my Savior. You know, the I have the promise of going to heaven. I have the promise of eternal life. I have the promise of uh, meeting the Lord one day. Why can't I tremble? The devils believe and they tremble. You know, I think it's a good thing for us to seek that. So tonight, I want to encourage you On a Wednesday night, during this coronavirus thing, take your Bible and read it until you tremble. Let's bow our heads for prayer.